This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, February 2nd, 2014. I'm not a fan, decision, or commitment. Shared by Disciple Member Mike Osman. on this glorious Super Bowl Sunday. You know, the Super Bowl has become such a huge event that nearly everyone is a fan, even those who normally don't care a whole lot about football. You know, fans come in all shapes and sizes, ages, walks of life, from the most casual to the fanatical. A, a basic definition would be, a fan is an enthusiastic admirer. Enthusiastic admirer. Well, let's face it, some are more enthusiastic than others, but that's the basic definition. Jesus has a lot of fans, a lot of enthusiastic admirers. They celebrate who he was, what he did, what he shared. They look to Jesus for help during the tough times in life when there are challenges, and they praise his name when life is good. Jesus fans sit safely in the stands, cheering, just like football fans, but they have little awareness of the sacrifice of the pain that's going on in the field, on his field. Jesus fans know about him, but they don't intimately know him. Here's the thing, Jesus doesn't want fans. He never did. Enthusiastic admirers are not what he's looking for. He wants followers, faithful followers. He wants people who are willing to get in the game with him and not just enjoy it from the stands. He wants people who are willing to sacrifice and not just receive the benefits. He wants people who are, who are not just cheering him on, but people who are actually willing to follow him, living out what he said, what he did. That's what we're going to be talking about today and for the next three weeks, what it means to be a fan or a follower. We'll explore what it means when we say, I'm, I'm not, not a, a fan. fan. And by the way, we'll see you next week. Good morning, Connection Community Church. Welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. Really big day in the world of fandom. I'm excited about the really big game. You guys look great in all your jerseys out there, especially those Eagles jerseys, right? E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! You know I have to take advantage of that. I've got to do that. Pastors will regret that later, but... Uh, my name is Mike Osman, and I'm going to share today's message with you. I'm a sinner who's been saved and set free by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. It is a super Sunday. As Barry shared, all the Sundays are super, and they're super because of you, Lord. You truly have made this day. This is the day that you made, and we will rejoice. Father, we will rejoice in today. Lord, we ask now that 
you would give us the eyes to see the things that you wish to reveal today and give us ears to hear the words that you want to speak to each and every one of us here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, all around the world, football fans are getting ready for the big game, right? They're, they're decorating their houses, they're decorating their cars, the slightly crazy or immensely crazy are shirtless outdoors at the game, decorating their bodies, they're painting their bodies, and they're there showing their fandom, preparing for the parties. And e each one of us has uh, this kind of fandom in our lives, but what is a fan? What is a real fan, and are you a fan? The dictionary defines a fan as an enthusiastic admirer. It goes on to say, usually as a spectator. A fan is someone who normally is not in the game, sitting in the stands, observing from the sidelines. We often define our level of fandom in unique ways, in very personalized ways. Me? I'm an Eagles fan. I want people to know it. So I put my name on my jersey, and the year I graduated high school. So if you do the math real quick, you'll know how old I am. <laughs> Each one of us has some kind of sport, or maybe a band, or a musician, um, a movie star, something or someone that we're really fans of. And today, we're going to look in the Bible at a man who was a fan of Jesus Christ. His name was Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee and a member of the Jewish ruling council. This man had great influence in the Jewish nation. He was actually himself someone who the Jews looked to that even admired him and were a fan of his. So Nicodemus meets Jesus in the Bible how about you? What if you would, you know, were to meet your favorite player? Can you imagine what that'd be like? Or maybe uh, your favorite movie star? Favorite band? What would that be like, right? I would expect you'd be pretty excited, maybe even very nervous. Years ago, my dad had a chance to meet Jeff Gordon. For weeks, we heard about it leading up to it. And then, for months after, well, that's all we heard about. His lunch with Jeff Gordon. Boy, was he a fan. And each one of us uh, have that, that, that same fandom in our lives. You know, would the person you meet, you know, truly believe that you were a fan? What would they say to you? What would you say to them? Well, let's read how it went when Nicodemus met Jesus in the Bible and what they said to each other. In John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, 
very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. So what happened here? What was this conversation between Nicodemus, the fan of Jesus? First, we see something very important. Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus at night. See, at this point, he was just a fan of Jesus, not yet a follower of Jesus. There was a lot to lose by being a fan, I mean, by being a follower of Jesus. At the time Jesus walked the earth, the Jews that would come to Jesus and believe in him, they were being ostracized from their community. They were actually being kicked out of the synagogue, out of their, their church, out of their faith for becoming followers of Christ. And then the community itself would also ostracize them in that they would stop buying and selling with them, stop trading with them. They, they began to lose their livelihood. In another portion of Scripture, you hear about the early church who all came together and they brought all that they had and shared with one another so no one had lack. A big part of the reason why that happened was they were no longer able to buy and sell in their community. They were being ostracized for following Christ. They had to start a new community, the Christian community. And so this was uh, the challenge that Nicodemus had. How about us in our lives? Have we sometimes hid our admiration for Jesus in our community, at our jobs, maybe in school, around our friends? Is there something that we feel like we could lose if we were open and out there with our faith in Christ? I know that from time to time, I've had that problem. But God has helped me through that, and he will help us through that as well. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and he says to Jesus, he acknowledges, we know you're a teacher from God. We know that no one could do the signs that you're doing unless God were with him. The signs of God were with Jesus. And in the same way that the signs of God were back then when Nicodemus experienced Jesus, the signs of God are here and now. The signs of God are today. They're all around us. They're in the divine order of creation. The sun rises and it sets. The stars are in the sky and it moves through the sky and comes back again next month. It's in the same place. Everything in the universe is held together by his great hand. It's not collapsing, falling apart. The universe is expansive. It goes on and on and on. It never ends. How about the miracle of birth? Is there not a sign of God in the divine order of birth? 
new life starting time and time again. The signs of God are also in our conscience. We have this knowledge of good and evil, of right and wrong. We may not always know if something is right or wrong. We struggle with that as a, as a human race at times. But we do know that there is evil and that there is good, that there is a righteous and holy God, and that there is unrighteousness and evil in the world. Another sign of God is in our need for purpose and place in life. Who am I? Why am I here? Why was I born? What am I meant to do? All of us experience that. At some point in our lives, we begin to wonder, why am I here? What is my purpose in this life? God has placed in each one of us his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And it is this path of faith that we follow that helps us find what that purpose is. The sign of God in us draws us out of ourselves and leads us towards him to find our purpose and place, why we were born in this life. <coughs> and then finally, in our personal experiences, life is not just one coincidence after another. Some may want you to believe that. But have you ever heard this statement or even said it, I don't know how many times through life, somebody up there is looking out for you, right? There was a girl this past week. On her 16th birthday, she went skydiving. It was her birthday gift. She's up in the plane, 3,500 feet. She jumps out of the plane. For some reason, because of things that were going on in the plane, her instructor had to stay in the plane. She jumps out, and her chute did not open. 3,500 feet, right down to the ground. She is alive. She's not in a coma. She's conscious. She remembers what happened. She's talking. Her sister said, she didn't fall. The hand of God caught her. And she's banged up, but she's alive and conscious and aware. Is that a coincidence? Or is that another sign that somebody up there is looking out for us? These are the signs of God. They're all around us. Just like when Nicodemus met Jesus, the signs of God are in your life. They're all around you. But sometimes we can't see the signs of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, no one can see or even enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. The things that go on around us, we don't realize the hand of God in our lives time and time again. Sometimes we struggle to see with the eyes of God. And for some of us, it may be because we're not born again. But Jesus said that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives life to the spirit, the human spirit. We are all born of the flesh. Flesh births flesh. But then within us is the human spirit. And that is what's born again when we become followers of Jesus Christ. When we open our hearts to him, when we ask him to come into our lives, our spirits are born again. There is a newness that comes in a moment, in an instant. The life of God takes 
residence within us. We should not be surprised that Jesus requires that we be born again. Jesus is requiring us to leave our fandom behind to become followers. In his book, Not a Fan, Kyle Eidelman says, the fans often confuse their admiration for devotion. They mistake their knowledge of Jesus for intimacy with Jesus. He also says, one of the core symptoms of fandom is that fans always consider themselves to be followers. Many have made a decision to believe in Jesus without making a commitment to follow him. Jesus never offered such an option. We can dis decide to believe in Jesus, or when we decide to believe in Jesus without making a commitment to follow him, we become nothing more than fans. And there's a very concerning scripture found in the Bible about people who are just fans and not followers of Jesus. We read in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, the words of Jesus himself, where he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Here is a group of people who thought they were okay with God. Kyle Eidelman goes on to say that we tend to define belief as, as an acceptance of something as real or true. But biblical be belief is more than just an intellectual acceptance or a heartfelt feeling more than a heartfelt acknowledgement. It is a commitment to follow. Following is part of believing. To truly believe is to follow. Where do you stand today? Are you a fan or are you a committed follower of Jesus? In a few minutes, Pastor Lori Brown will lead us all in communion. This would be a great time to consider if you have made a decision to be a fan or if you've committed to follow Jesus. Maybe you realize that God is calling you to give up your fandom for a commitment to follow him. This jersey, what it represents is our fandom. What it represents is our connection or commitment to the world. It's our attachment to our careers, status, possessions, popularity, church affiliation, self-will rather than God's will. Let's discard our fandom for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about the knowledge we have of him, not about the warm feelings that from time to time we get. It's not about getting ahead in life, and it's not about what can I get out of this arrangement. 
A commitment is about being in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what a committed follower is. It's about following him, not the other way around. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we are here today like Nicodemus was with Jesus. On that day, he was just a fan, not yet a follower. And Lord, for those of us who are fans of yours, Father, help us to commit to becoming followers, to discard our fandom, to leave behind just an admiration, to get out of the stands and into the game. Help us to do that by being born again, by completely and totally committing our lives to Christ today. And for those of us who have already done that, we pray, Lord, that you would help us through the distractions of this life where from time to time we lose the focus of our commitment to you. Help us to recommit our entire life to lay down our self-will for your will to be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.